was this first game you were playing? Sterling Sharps End to End? Yeah, I feel like this is going to date me quite a bit, but <laughs> I got it... I got it for my Super Nintendo that it was brand new. It was like, it had to have been like 96, because uh, the game came out in 1995. Um, it was in the clearance section of the video rental store that I used to go to. Uh, I, I'm i assuming it was cheaper than fucking Madden. So I'm guessing that's the only reason why I actually got it. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. I told you. Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Yeah, like I got over the tug wheel, but I still think about the tug wheel. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hey people, it's another tuck rule. We're not dead yet. Uh, the deep state football media has been trying to take us out for months now, but we are still going strong. Um, I'm Victoria, I'm always here. Uh, and Katie is always here, too. Um, Katie, why don't you tell the people about Sterling Sharp's end-to-end? Oh, gosh. Uh, so, uh, if you like very terrible football games from 1995 with a lot of nostalgia, uh, give Sterling Sharp's end-to-end football a try on whatever emulator you can find. Yeah, um, (laughs) uh, last night in the middle of the night, uh, Katie posted this this thread of her going through several old football games, and it's just, like, completely occupied my mind since. Especially because, apparently, NFL Blitz 2000 um, has a ROM hack that gives it modern rosters. Yes! I was playing... Yeah! Uh, yeah, I was playing as fucking Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones and fucking A.J. Brown and fucking having Derrick Henry do fucking <laughs> triple, triple reverse passes... To, like, fucking Julio Jones and, like, fucking double overtime to win versus the Bengals uh, after having, like, 1,100 yards of total offense. Oh, my God. I love those games so much. Ah! Yeah. NFL Blitz rocks. I love that there's... Uh, I love that there's new rosters for that. Um, oh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, there is... <laughs> uh, there, was, there was actual football in addition to virtual football played this week. Uh, there was quite a bit of it, actually. Um, I think we usually like to start with the college here. I don't know why I said usually, like, we don't always start with the college. Yeah, um, yeah, like, this is usually my domain, Victoria. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, okay, um, so I'm gonna read off these scores here. We got, uh, <laughs> just kidding, Katie. Take us, you know, take thank us away. Thank you. Uh, so, we'll start with the most painful fucking game. Uh, number one, Georgia, 41, number... Uh, nothing Tennessee 17 uh, um, so we actually had a lead a 7 nothing lead and then a 10-7 lead in the second quarter um, Georgia though has decided that uh, football can no longer be fun anymore so they basically strangled us to death uh, uh, I'm gonna see Nicobe Dean and Channing Tindall in my dreams or in my nightmares actually that's where they'll be um Tennessee had 387 yards of total offense against Georgia, which I believe is actually kind of successful. Uh, But, eh, who cares? 
Number two, Cincinnati, 45. South Florida, 28. This game was on Friday. This was a really sickos game at the start. Uh, South Florida had a 7-0 lead based, I believe, on an interception return. There were uh, three straight turnovers in this game, but Cincinnati eventually turned it on and uh, went up 31-7 at the half. Uh, USF did pull back to within 10 a couple times in the second half, but uh, Cincinnati just outpaced them. And then we get to Saturday again. Uh, number 18, Baylor 27, number 4, Oklahoma 14. This game, you could tell, like, like Caleb Williams was in a fucking... They had Caleb Williams hurt in this game. They actually benched him for Spencer Rattler. Uh, Dave Aranda's defense at Baylor is just terrifying. They held Oklahoma to 260 yards of total offense. Uh, Baylor had five sacks and nine tackles for loss. Uh, that's very... Very bad. Uh, Number five, Oregon 38. Uh, Washington State 24. Oregon goes up 14-0. Washington State comes back to tie, but Oregon pulls away in the second half to win. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is still very, very terrifying. Uh, We are breaking our Don't Talk About the Big Ten pledge to talk about the Big Ten, although only briefly. Number nine, Michigan 21. Number 23, Penn State, 17. This game was in... This game was in State College. Uh, This was a terrible football game. Uh, The hard drive that this master is stored on should be buried. Um, Michigan's two edge rushers had uh, Sean Clifford in hell. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks and David Ajabo had two sacks. Hassan Haskins also had a pretty big day on Michigan for offense. Uh, 31 carries, 156 is their primary back. Yeah, this this was a terrible game. It just, ugh. But a more fun game coming up. Uh, number 13, Wake Forest, 45. Number 21, NC State, 42. This game was actually pretty defensive for the first 25 minutes, but Wake Forest and North Carolina State pick up the pace. Uh, actually, I believe North Carolina State was the better team here. Uh, Emeka Messi and Devin Carter both had tremendous outings. 10 grabs for 133 and 2 TDs for Messi. Uh, Carter had 7 catches for 132 and another 2 TDs. Um, Devin Leary, the quarterback, 37 to 59 for 408 and 4 TDs. This was a pretty back and forth affair, but Wake ended up being up 45-35. But the onside kick for NC State didn't go well, and so uh, Wake Forest won. This was a fun game also because Wake only had a 19% postgame win expectancy according to Bill Connolly's numbers, which uh, I don't use too much here, but they are fun to look at sometimes. Um, and then we get to the AP Top 6 this week. Number 1, Georgia. Number 2, Alabama. Number 3, Cincinnati. So Alabama jumped Cincinnati this week. Number 4, Oregon. Number 5, Ohio State. And somehow, uh, thanks to God or the lack of one, number 6, Notre Dame. God damn it. God damn it. I know. I know. I know. It's always going to happen. But I think the story of this week, um, and really just the most hilarious story of this week, uh, (laughs) happened in Austin, Texas on Saturday Uh night. Uh huh. (laughs) Uh huh. Um, so Kansas beat Texas. Um, again. So. You might hear that, and maybe if you haven't followed, like, if, okay, let's say that you, um, 
let's say that you are listening to this and also that uh, you uh, entered a coma in like December 2007 and then like woke up like today and then listened to the tuck rule, you might say, oh, well, you know, Kansas Kansas had a pretty good year this year. Um, and no, I mean, uh, no, um, Kansas has not done anything in a decade, I think is fair to say, other than beat Texas uh-huh. in like 2016. That was pretty great. Um, but no, this is a bad Kansas team. Like, yep, they have gotten blown out by like everyone else on their Big 12 schedule that isn't Oklahoma because they played Oklahoma kind of close too. But yeah, like yep. they got blown out by Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Iowa State. They got beaten by 19 points by Duke. Uh, oh, that's not that, good. That seems bad. Yeah. Uh, so I was gonna say, uh, this team was a was ranked 148th in all of D1 by Jeff Sagren's ratings. This is a this is a sub top 25 level FCS team. Uh, they have averaged 10 points a game against their last six Big 12 opponents. Uh, so naturally, Kansas ended up taking a 14 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Texas comes back, ties it at 14. Then Kansas takes advantage of Texas's pocket and their passing game being total dog shit. By the way, Texas can't fucking protect anyone, and their team just looks slow as hell in general. Uh, they get two. T- Kansas gets two backbreaking turnovers. You get a pick six. It's 35-14 Kansas at half. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so here's the thing, right? Is that like Kansas goes up 42-21, but then like Texas actually like fights back and stops just handing the ball directly to Kansas, which helps. Um, like, yeah, te- like Texas, definitely a better football team. Oh yeah. And you know, and Texas eventually does mount a comeback. It ends up being 49, 42. Uh, they throw a pick in the end zone to Kansas. You think this game is over because there's only a minute left. However, Kansas gives them the ball back with 30 seconds left and they score and it's 49, 49. And we go to overtime. So, in overtime, and we'll get to the fun part here in a minute, uh, Texas gets the ball first. They hit the running back on a wheel route that kind of looks awkwardly thrown, but it ends up in the running back's hands anyways. It's a touchdown. 56-49, Texas is in the lead. Kansas gets the ball next. They score a touchdown off a short plunge in the end zone, and then they decide to go for two. Which is the correct decision. Yes, absolutely. They are the underdog. If you are the underdog playing a much better team... Like, Kansas is against Texas. You should absolutely go for the two and the win every time. Um, So, this play actually looks like it's going to be dead on arrival. Uh, Jalen Daniels, by the way, Kansas is playing a third-string quarterback. That's where we're at here. Um, Anyways, Texas' edge rush gets to Jalen Daniels. He gets flushed out of the pocket, and he has to, like, kind of throw one up just just to throw one up. So, it lands into the hands of mm-hmm. uh, a Jared Casey. We I got to introduce this guy. This is a converted walk-on fullback from Plainville, Kansas, who has never taken an offensive snap before this game. So good. It's like also he's from Plainville, Kansas. Like come the fuck on. Like this is this is this is like scripted ridiculous wonderful. So Kansas beats Texas 57-56. Kansas fans in Austin, by the way, were taunting Texas with SEC chants. Oh, dear God. God damn. 
Katie, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? If Steve Sarkeesian loses out, and that would be... So, Texas is currently 4-6, and six, and if they lose out, those would be L's to a 4-6 and six West Virginia team that is not good, and a, uh, and a okay 7-3 and three Kansas State. If Texas loses those games and therefore rolls out of this season on a, on a seven-game losing streak, do they can Steve Sarkeesian after one season? I mean, you gotta fucking think about it. Like, you can't... I said that, I said this on Twitter Saturday night. They will f- hire fail sins like Steve Sarkeesian over and over again until that yeehaw Medici family in fucking Austin gets offed. Like, that is what's going to happen. So, yeah, they may fire Steve Sarkeesian if they go 4-8, and eight, but they'll just find another guy like him. I can't wait for fucking uh, Texas head coach Bill O'Brien here in a little bit. Absolutely. Which actually... Which, actually, that wouldn't be a terrible hire. He did do a good job with Penn State uh, during that period where they should have been fucking death penalties, but they weren't. Um, But you gotta think about it. And the thing is, is that Sark is just kind of completely oblivious. So, there's a post-game quote that I think is really just... It's terrible. So, he says, I feel good about our messaging. I think we have great leaders on the team. But asked whether the players in the locker room believe in him, he said, but you'd have to ask them that question. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, um, that certainly sounds like everything's fine to me. All that matters is that he likes the racist choo-choo song, so he'll probably come back for a second season. Yeah. I just want to have one last statistical thing here. Um... So, this was their first Big 12 road win since 2008. Uh, they had lost 56 straight conference road games. The re- this was an old record, by the way, because the record holder before this was Sewanee. Sewanee is a tiny little college that is now Division Three. They are in between Nashville and Chattanooga, but they used to be in the SEC. Oh, they lost no. 44. They lost 44 games in a row from 1931 to 1939. They were in the SEC, by the way. This is why this happened. They eventually dropped football. Um, so that's that's not a good omen for Texas. Uh, so, oh, God. And also, this is Texas's first five-game losing streak since 1956. Um, it's bad. It's bad. There were, there were more football games, and there was more dumb shit uh, that happened. Uh, and I think the other really big, funny thing uh, that happened was... Florida 70, Samford 52. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, coming into this game, Samford is 4-5. and five. They are ranked 171st in Division I football, according to Jeff Sagren. This is a mid-pack SoCon team. They are 5th out of 9 teams in their own league, and they have a losing record in conference play. Samford did have the ninth best offense in FCS in terms of plays per game. Uh, so we end up getting to the game itself and the drive chart for the first quarter looks like this. And I'm going to apologize because I am going to sound repetitive here. Touchdown Samford. Touchdown Florida. Touchdown Samford. Touchdown Florida. Touchdown Samford. Touchdown Florida. That's six straight touchdowns by both teams to start the game. Almost all of this happens in the first quarter, right? Um... So we get a punt and a turnover uh, before we get a bunch more touchdowns and Samford leads 42 to 35 at half. Samford's offense. Um, 
I'm not going to pretend like I watched this game, but this quarterback, Liam Welch, went nuts. And his stats were not very good entering this game against FCS-level competition. So the fact that he just lost his mind against an SEC defense tells me that maybe there were more problems uh, down in Gainesville than just Todd than just Todd Grantham, possibly. Maybe a little bit. Also, by the way, I just want to point out, this is the most points a team has ever scored against Florida in a single half. Ever. That's so good. Ugh. And, like, that's, like, I don't think that's going to be beaten anytime soon. This is wonderful. So, the second half is a lot less fun. Florida has to score touchdowns on five of their six second-half drives to get this 18-point lead that they end up finishing with. Sanford finally starts to kind of falter on offense in the fourth quarter, so we end up with a final score of 70-52, and obviously Florida fans are nuclear pissed. Um, But do you think Florida cares? Do you think the locker room cares? No! They're fucking dancing! There is a video of them just, like, dancing like they just won against Alabama. Good for them. This is... Good for them. Yeah. Um, Dan Mullen, after the game... uh, I've been here before. I I saw Butch Jones coach. Uh, He says, we're going to celebrate this win, uh, along with, it's a great win for us. Hopefully it builds some confidence for some guys going forward. Uh, The best one, though, is him saying, calling a win disappointing is disrespectful to the game. I heard Butch Jones say that exact same thing in 2017. When we narrowly beat UMass 17-10 to 10 and then lost eight straight games. Well, I think that from that, we can say that Florida's probably fine. Oh, yeah. I think Florida is in an interesting spot because obviously they should be a lot better than they are, but they haven't been. They've hired fucking Jim McElwain's and Will Muschamp's. And granted, the Will Muschamp hire was a great one at the time, but this is who they keep hiring. They keep hiring these these weird idiots who just i mean at least dan mullen hasn't fucked a shark yeah like like hey hey slander you're slander jim mcelwain being slandered here victoria have you seen the photo have you seen i've seen the photo it's not him come on (laughs) (laughs) come on come on play with me a little bit sorry 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 (laughs) okay um so, we had another another interesting SEC game. I'm sorry, by the way, this is an SEC-biased podcast. Uh, Mississippi State 43, uh, number 16, Auburn 34. This is, this is notable mostly because Auburn blew a 28-3 lead in the second quarter. And Mississippi State didn't really do anything except run Mesh. Um, mesh, by the way, is the greatest play ever invented in the history of humankind. Um, if you're not familiar what mesh is, uh, basically it's a shallow cross where one guy goes under and one guy goes over, uh, literally like right next to each other. And it causes basically a pick. Um, Mike Leach has been famous for running this play six, seven, eight times in a row in a game at times. And that's exactly what they did. They scored 40 straight points off of this one play, basically. And Auburn... And Auburn is kind of fucked, too. Uh, Bo Nix broke his fucking ankle in the third quarter and still played most of the fourth quarter. And Auburn still was kind of effective on offense. So, we usually um, we usually, we usually usually do the Presbyterian segment this week on the show. Uh-huh. But um, I have, Presbyterian is starting to depress us, so... Yeah, um, so 
Maris beats Presbyterian 57 to 32, whatever. Um, maybe if we don't look at Presbyterian at all this week, they'll finally get a win. I'm not optimistic, but the Blue Hose, we are setting the Blue Hose aside because, so as, as has been like canonically established, I work for, I work pretty much every Saturday. So that means that I get home at like, ten thirty or 11 and there isn't much college football to watch at all and i usually uh i'll listen to the full cast after dark so that's very fun uh but then that'll spit me out on the other side around 1 a.m and i'll and usually i'll just go to bed but um the reddit college football twitter account tweets out that oh, there gosh. is a very big game uh happening over in japan uh Japan plays uh, college football much like we do here. Um, I didn't really, like, I know that college sports is kind of, like, uh, a very American thing and that it doesn't really exist in, like, Europe. I did not know that it was a thing in Japan. Um, but it, it very much is. Like, there's, like, there's been a Japanese national title uh, given out every year since the 40s. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. And... This Reddit college football tweet uh, links to a YouTube video because apparently this particular conference, the Kansai conference, uh, streams their games. Obviously, like the broadcast is all in Japanese and like I personally cannot read uh, or uh, understand Japanese. So unfortunately, Weebs. yeah, we need your we need your help, weebs. Oh my God. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a weeb, please DM us at TuckRollPod on Twitter. <laughs> Yes. Um, I actually, uh, as a result of tweeting about this game, uh, I picked up several, uh, like, Japanese football Twitter followers, and I feel really oh, bad. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel bad because I can't really, like, follow back because I don't know the language. Um, but anyway, um, so I get into this game, and it's between, I'm going to say the actual name of these colleges twice, and then I'm going to go to the abbreviations because... I'm bad at pronouncing uh, Japanese. This is Kwanzai, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kwansai Gakuen <laughs> and Ritsu Maiken. Apparently, the uh, the approved abbreviations there are Ritz and KG. So I'm gonna go to that now. Uh, these are basically the two best teams in the country. Um, they play in the same conference, so uh, they pretty much always play towards the end of the regular season, I guess. Um, and this game fucking rocked. It was so cool. Uh, I saw you post. Yeah, I saw you post about it on. Tw I woke up and I saw all those posts about it. I was like, damn. I wish yeah. I could have actually watched that game with you. It was cool. Um, so I think like going into it, I I I didn't know what like I didn't. I was curious to see what the feel of it would be because like whenever someone posts like, clips from, like, football in Finland, like, sometimes, like, the offensive linemen will have, like, will have, like, crazy yard-wide splits, and I'm like, what am I even looking at? Um, folks, this is college football. Um, if, mm -hmm. if, if it's 1 a.m. and you are, you, you have come out of the other side of, like, 12 hours of, of college football watching, and you need more college football, throw this on. Uh, it was it was oh, super yeah. fun. Uh, it probably helps that uh, that KG and Ritz are like two of the best teams in uh, in the in the country. Um, KG has thirty one national titles. That seems like a lot. 
since 2010, these two teams have combined to win all but one of the available national titles. It's like the fucking Bundesliga where you have Bayern Munich and fucking Borussia just like fucking dominating. It was actually mostly, um, it was actually like mostly like pretty normal-ish offense. Um, KG was using a ton of, of like super complex motion, but like a lot of their looks looked pretty familiar. I will say though, um, both these teams were like rotating their quarterbacks in a way that I thought was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't like a 50-50 split, but like every so often, um, the Ritz quarterback number nine would sub off and number 19 would step onto the field. Um, both, both those guys, by the way, can fucking run, uh, but, uh, KG, uh, was running these like wildcat looks where like, where, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you showed, it was so, yeah, cool. you showed me one of them. Yeah. It was very interesting to me because I've never, I've seen pistol sets and I've seen pistol wing sets, but I've never seen a pistol wing set that had a guy go in motion prior to the snap to get in momentum, by the way. This is a pin and pull sweep, by the way. I should probably explain what pin and pull is for a minute. Um, pin and pull is basically like an outside gap scheme play, basically. Um, you basically down block anyone that's lined up on you, and whoever isn't, you pull, basically. Um, it's very weird. This, this play that you showed me was very weird because there were a lot of wide splits, too, by these linebackers. Um, so what ends up happening is... is uh, the blue team, I don't know who the blue team is. KG. Uh, Victoria. Okay. KG has four guys at the point of attack, and Ritz only has three guys there. And this play works to perfection. It is one of the most beautiful plays I've ever seen. A fucking lead blocked fake handoff with a sweep. It's so good. And, like, K like KG was, like, like you can tell that they are the team that's won 31 titles because they were just doing doing like shit like that all day like um they had a play uh where they took their normal quarterback off the field and they line up in gun with three with 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 like three guys lined up behind center pretty much next to each other and they're like oh shifting so that you don't know who's getting the ball uh, the, uh, so whenever they ran, um, Wildcat, they would normally have these two running backs who have numbers in the twenties line up next to each other. But on this one, I think they got a, a, a like backup quarterback onto the field, number seven. And he gets the, like, he gets the like shotgun handoff, uh, from whoever fielded the snap. And then the other back, uh, like, like basically like, like lead blocks for him to the right and he takes his hand off to the right. It looks like, a, like it looks like a normal handoff, and then he he throws it like thirty yards downfield for a touchdown. It's like oh my god, it it yeah, it, it's wonderful. And I think that you see these 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 like interesting concepts because like they are literally on like these teams are literally on an island. Um, yeah, and you have concepts like this sort of like develop in isolation for like a while yeah. and it leads to some really cool stuff victoria was showing me these plays too and i was like digging out old playbooks that i sort of remember these from uh i dug out a fucking 1921 notre dame playbook that had something like this like it is this was like fucking notre dame box newt rockney would have loved some of these plays i 
as a as a football X's and O's girl, oh my god, I love some of these so much. It's wonderful. Um, so <laughs> that's what I did uh, on Friday from roughly or no on Saturday from roughly one a.m. to three a.m. was fucking wonderful. Um, I like. I like went to bed with my boyfriend and then like he fell asleep and I was like, what if I just kept watching the game? And then like, and then like (laughs) once if like, once it was over, I was like too like excited to go to bed. So then I stayed up until like five. Like I was like, I was like hyper because, because of how fun it was. Um, So obviously those two teams do not play uh every week and those are the two best ones but uh i'm definitely gonna check it out again this weekend um i'll see if i can maybe see about getting a link to this youtube channel put in the description to this episode because it was really fucking fun so uh yeah i watched i watched some japanese college football so college football we've put it to bed onwards to its much uh more corporate younger brother the nfl um, Bills 45, Jets 17. <laughs> this game was fine. The Bills, um, at one point, uh, whatever, um, like, right cornerback that the Jets were starting, I was not familiar with the player, uh, he gets hurt, and the Jets replace him with Javelin Gidry, a player that I actually really like. Uh, he's undersized, but he's crazy fast. I think he played college ball at Utah. I think I'm right about that. Um, but he's not a boundary corner and he was he was tasked mostly with uh single man coverage against uh stefan diggs that didn't work no i i, I wa- yeah i watched the highlights for this game i was like damn why are they playing cover one with him like with no help yeah i felt really bad for for my boy javelin because i really like him as a player they really did not put him in a position to succeed there uh once Gidry is forced to play full-time corner the game like really fucking breaks open and Josh is just like picking apart the Jets defense deep off of play action uh something that I did like in this game uh is that the Bills finally got some of their uh some of their more interesting pieces involved like Isaiah McKenzie Matt Breida Gabe Davis players that I think that Bills fans have been wondering why they haven't been involved um so that's good good signs the Bills might be figuring things out all they had to do was simply look at what they did last year. So that's cool that they didn't do that until now. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Patriots 45, Browns 7. Uh, the Patriots are good. Fine. Um, the Patriots just are so fucking sound. Uh, friend of the show, Derek Klassen, um, I think is the one who tweeted that literally everyone on that team wants to hit you. Everyone is excited. Uh, and is just just absolutely beating ass. Like the running backs, linebackers, linemen on both sides are just like out physicaling everyone right now. Um, yeah, and I, I think too. I think too. It's also interesting that they have actually. I feel like let Mac Jones throw down the field now. Yeah, like they've like yeah. I'm glad that they're doing it because the Patriots are more fun to watch right now. I'm not glad because now they're just a half game back in the AFC East, and I don't like that one bit. Vikings 27, Chargers 23. Don't have much to say about this game other than that Justin Herbert is struggling, and it's because the offense fucking sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, remember when he was an MVP candidate a couple weeks back? Yeah, um, he's, like, 
he's not playing brilliantly, but uh, Joe Lombardi's offense is not like Justin Herbert isn't Drew Brees. You shouldn't like you know cram a cram a uh, square uh, square peg into a round hole. In my opinion, uh, the Vikings once again play a close game, and this time they win. So good for them, I guess. Uh, and the last quick score here is Chiefs 41, Raiders 14. The Chiefs looked like the fucking Chiefs, so that's cool that they might be back now. Um, it helps when you're playing the Raiders, which are in pretty much complete disarray. I don't love the idea of the Chiefs finally having figured it out. and like, Because the AFC is weak enough that they could probably like walk to the two seed if things go the right way, and I, I hate that. Anyway, <laughs> so the NFL made no fucking sense this week this week it's not only that there were upsets this week because there were upsets last week too you know whatever it's that all of these games were mostly not close i think i'm gonna so i have five games listed here and i've listed them in in like ascending order of weirdness so we're starting off with eagles 30 broncos 13 this is mostly here because the broncos just like sh- just like completely clamped the cowboys uh and like they were up 30 to nothing and just they completely handled Dallas which is a good team and then in this one the eagles kind of like you know ran all over them yeah 30 to 13 you know yeah and i think the eagles finding their run game is one of those storylines i think is going to come into play a little bit more uh Especially if they can make a run at that seven seed. Um, I believe that they have the most points per drive in the second most points per game in all of football since... Uh, I can't remember the timeline, but it's definitely been within the last three weeks. Like, their run game, yeah, it's strong now. Jordan Howard is back, and he is running the ball. Uh, Boston Scott uh, is there, too. So, you know, uh, Panthers 34, Cardinals 10. This is a weird fucking game, but it's my second because the Cardinals were starting Colt McCoy. That's literally yep. it. Um, yep. And then they, and then I believe they benched him for a guy by the name of Chris Strevler, who yeah, uh, his, yeah, his last, yeah, I believe his last stop was in fucking Winnipeg in the CFL, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So um, Strevler, um, this is not his first significant playing time in in the NFL. Um, so Strevler, uh, he he was basically like the CFL's Taysom is how I would describe him. Like, (laughs) in Winnipeg, he was not the starting... Like, he got snaps, but he was not, like, the main passing quarterback. He was, like, the gadget guy. And then Cliff Kingsbury um, decided to sign him last year, and he beat out Brett Hundley for the backup spot somehow. And he had to play late in the season last year when Kyler got hurt, and it did not go well. The Cardinals pissed away a playoff spot last year because of it. Um, so yeah, Colt McCoy is probably better than that, but clearly not good enough. Uh, Cam Newton scored a touchdown like three minutes into this game, took off his helmet and screamed, I'm back. I, yeah, I love that PJ Walker still has not lost a start in professional football. Hell yeah. That's so good. 2-0 PJ Walker. Uh, I, you know, uh, Panthers are probably not back, but, uh, this was definitely a game where they scored early and just kind of were able to control the game. They're also much better when they have Christian McCaffrey, who's very good at football, it turns out. 49ers 31, Rams 10. What? Um. Yeah, yeah, this one, 
Yeah, this is a fucking weird game. The 49ers were, like, able to do whatever they wanted on offense, which I did not expect. Like, yeah. Like, they, like, I feel like watching that game, and I watched the highlights mostly, um, whoever ran the ball was four yards up the field before first contact. Like, that's how good their lines push was in this game, I feel like. Yeah. Um, in, so, on the Rams' first drive, Matt Stafford throws an interception. The Niners come back with a 18-play, 93-yard, 11-minute touchdown drive. Just <laughs> just ridiculous. And then immediately, Nab Day, pick six to go up 14 to nothing. I and was, then, yeah, I was going to say, and then they had, like, another fucking 11-play, 91-yard drive. Yep. That was their only two drives of the half. So good. Um, just wonderful. Matt Stafford remains Harrison Bergeron QB, where whenever things go well... Whenever anything goes well for him, like, he just, like, hears, like, cymbals crashing in his ears, and <laughs> he completely loses focus and throws a pick. That's a reference oh, that, no. like, three people listening will understand. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Rams only put up 10 points. Matt Stafford wilts on primetime. We saw this last week. Not great. Also, uh, there were multiple fakes run in this game by the Rams. Uh... How, and also, how fucking dare how fucking dare they take away a fucking interception off the gooch? Yeah. Oh my god, I completely forgot about the fucking gooch pick. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> that was bullshit. Uh, if you intercept if you intercept the football with your taint, it should nullify all all previous holding penalties. Um, anyway, that's right. <laughs> Dolphins twenty two, Ravens ten. I would like to read something. Uh, this is the first half drive chart. Field goal Ravens, punt Dolphins, missed field goal Ravens. That's when you know that we're in hell, when fucking Justin Tucker misses a field goal. Uh-huh. Punt Dolphins, punt Ravens, punt Dolphins, punt Ravens, field goal Dolphins, punt Ravens, punt Dolphins, punt Ravens, field goal Dolphins, end of half. <laughs> start, oh my god. Start of the second half, punt Dolphins, punt Ravens, punt Dolphins, punt Ravens, punt Dolphins, punt Ravens. It was just kind of the game it was. Uh, there were a whole lot of field goals kicked. Um, uh-huh. Jacoby Brissett is pulled for Tua uh, at halftime of this game because this game had just as much uh, oh. gravitas as that one national title where that happened. The, uh, the game is kind of broken open by a scoop and score. Um, Xavier Howard scoops up a fumble, goes 49 yards for a touchdown. At that point, the game is, uh, yeah, Baltimore breaks serve and kind of can't get back into it. There are a couple late touchdowns, but yeah, 22, <laughs> Dolphins 22, Ravens 10. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I feel like the only thing I took away from this game is how fucking the ducks that Tua throws are just so beautiful and waiting to be shot down at any moment. Yeah. So onwards... <laughs> To the most nuclear, what the fuck happened here finish. Washington 29, Buccaneers 19. What the fuck happened here? I feel like Taylor Heineke had all the time in the world to throw. All the time. Literally it, all day. It makes no, God, it makes no sense. Because Washington hasn't done anything this year. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if we've mentioned Washington since week two. Just because they've been, like, really silently being boring with Taylor Heineke, who's... I don't know what he's doing here. Fucking put in Kyle Allen already. Who cares? Um, but in this game, Washington just gets absurdly lucky early. Like, 
they get two early picks off Tom Brady that are like total total bullshit, frankly. Uh, like off of weird bounces. Like he just gets super unlucky. Brady does, um, and Washington's able to capitalize by going up early uh, with with the help of like several really short fields. And then so into the so the game is sixteen to six at half. Washington's up after trading some punts. Tampa Tampa kind of looks like they're getting back into it. They score a touchdown. Now it's 16-13. Heineke responds with a like really efficient uh drive downfield. Um they score in like 4 minutes. Now it's 23-13. At this point, they kind of fart around for a while, but then Tampa scores. Brady finds Mike Evans for a 40-yard touchdown. And at this point, there's like 11 minutes left in the game and it's 23-19. Tampa would get the ball back with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Washington ran a 19-play drive. 19-play, 80 yards, 10:26 off the clock. Just <laughs> fucking backbreaking. Um, so, are you familiar with, like, the slappies that are catching balls for the Washington football team right now? I saw Dax Milne, and that's the only one. <laughs> Dax, Dax fucking Milne was going to be the, the, the one that I brought up. Um, Dax fucking Milne, baby. Uh, I did not know that he was drafted. Uh, you may be familiar with Dax Milne if you, um, uh, if you watched, if you watched Zach BYU last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you grinded Zach Mil- uh, Zach Wilson tape, you might have seen that Dax Milne was one of the shifty white guys that was being thrown to. Um, <laughs> but they also have Adam Humphreys, Titans, Titans legend, Adam Humphreys. Uh, Cam Sims is still there. Good for, you know. Good for him. Someone named John Bates, a tight end, was catching passes. Who, uh, who are like these are like these are like fucking computer generated guys on like your twentieth season of a Madden franchise. So the last name here that I want to mention is DeAndre Carter, who's twenty eight. Uh, he's he's been bouncing around the league since twenty fifteen, and he scored his first uh, touchdown I think last week. He was a like valuable special teamer for Houston last year, but. Uh, He's kind of, like, worked his way into the Washington receiver rotation because of injuries. Uh, obviously, Terry McLaurin is still the guy there. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, though, is also catching passes for this team. Uh, okay, now that's the other one I remembered. Yeah. That's the only other guy I know of. Yeah. Um, Jarrett Patterson got four carries. That's what we like to see. Washington got real lucky here with some, like... They also had some, like, absurdly lucky passing plays where, like, their guy caught it off of, like, three deflections. Like, it was just that kind of, <laughs> like, it was it was that kind of game for them. So, Tampa takes another L. This season makes no fucking sense. At all. Speaking of things that make no fucking sense, the shittiest fucking game in the fucking world happened this week. Steelers oh, 16, no. Lions 16... Katie, you watched this game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what possessed me to go on like the uh, site that I'm not going to name but use uh, for uh, NFL Game Pass condensed games, and I decided to watch this game at three in the morning. I don't know if I regret my decision, but I don't know if I thought you know that was a great use of 55 minutes of <laughs> my day. Um. Yeah, so none of these quarterbacks wanted to throw the football. Uh, and none of the teams wanted their quarterbacks to throw the football. I don't think this is the ugliest football game I've ever watched. 
but certainly it is one of the ugliest I've seen in the past couple years. In pro football, anyways. This this was a fucking college game. This was like a fucking... This is like Illinois and, and Indiana playing. Jared Goff, at one point, like midway through the third quarter, had, had like 11 passing yards. Yeah, he started... Yeah, he was 4 of 7 for 11 yards at halftime. They gave the ball to DeAndre Swift so fucking much. <laughs> they did not want to do... They did not want to do anything but give the ball to him. That's all they did. The entire fucking game. They had, they had their backup. I can't remember his name. They had their backup go on like a fucking 30-yard touchdown run. And then they didn't use him again. He didn't get one carry the rest of the game, by the way. God, this is... this is So, DeAndre Swift, 33 carries for 130 yards, no touchdowns, with a long of 21, and that's 3.9 yards per carry. One of his backups, Godwin Igwebuikwe, uh, gets two carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. And his yeah. other backup, Jamar Jefferson, goes three carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. So maybe they should have rotated yeah. the backs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think so? Yeah. I, you know what's also funny about the offensive thing, too, is that um, I feel like the Lions basically just ran inside zone the whole entire game. Yeah. <laughs> they they may have run outside zone once or twice, but they just they said, we're going to give it to, to DeAndre Swift and we're going to give it to him up the middle. And we don't have any other plays in our playbook for this. By the way, I believe this was Dan Campbell's first or second game calling plays this year. I'm not sure. Why are, why are you letting him call plays? I say that lovingly. <laughs> I say that with so much love in my heart. But why are you letting him call plays? The other thing, too, is that this game is in a cold 35 degree rain. Imagine the being there for it. Imagine yeah. sitting in the fucking freezing rain and watching Mason Rudolph and Jared Goff goof around... And then end oh up. Oh my god! End up in a fucking tie. And also, I have to say this since we since we have gone into the overtime period now. Um, obviously, since this was a tie, there was overtime. This is the worst played overtime period in NFL history. There is, I, I, someone mentioned to me the fucking Cardinal Seahawks game from 2016. No, no. Okay, I am going to go on a fucking philosophic <laughs> discussion here for a minute. Here, I'm sorry. I feel like trying and failing is one of the keys in life to to eventually succeeding. Okay, we all try and fail. If you try and fail so many times, that's noble. To not even have the fucking ability to try to score at all is fucking awful and miserable. There is no glory here. It is only shame. Yes. Um, after the last field goal is kicked by Pittsburgh, which, by the way, the Lions scored a touchdown and then botched... The yeah, they botched the extra point. Yep. So yeah. the Lions kicker Ryan Santoso uh, was kind of going through it, but um, that's kind of a, that's kind of a different story. So I'm I'm actually going to take it from the end of the second quarter through to the end. Touchdown Lions to go up 16-10, and that's what the botched extra points. The Steelers respond with a field goal drive. Punt Lions, punt Steelers, punt Lions, field goal Steelers. That ties it at 16-16, and then this is how the game ends. This is, the game is tied and both these teams are trying to win, right? Like, hypothetically, right. both these teams want to win the football game, I think. I think that's fair to say. Punt Lions, punt Steelers, punt Lions, punt Steelers, punt Lions, Steelers end of half. So now we're in overtime. P 
punt lions, fumble stealers, missed field goal lions, which by the way, not a long field goal, and it was like the most pathetic NFL field goal attempt that wasn't blocked <laughs> that I've ever seen. It's so fucking it bad. Like a fu- yeah, it looked like a fucking high school kicker. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to list the yardage for these next two drives. Punt Steelers, negative 15 yards, three plays. Punt Lions, <laughs> negative 13 yards, three plays. <laughs> the Steelers get the ball almost into field goal range right at the end there, and then the Lions punch it out. The Lions try to do something, anything after that, um, but it does not work. 16-16. What a fucking nightmare of a game. There is one other thing about overtime. There are 40 yards combined in penalties in this overtime period. It's so there bad. Could have, there could have been 70 penalty yards in overtime if all the penalties were accepted. Like, it is... When DeAndre Swift runs out of bounds to end the game, the crowd is dead silent. <laughs> like, no noise at all. I thought, like, my fucking computer audio was broken. Like, like there is, like, half the crowd there still. And this is Pittsburgh, by the way. These are people that are used to watching football in shitty weather. And even they said, we can't take this anymore. We gotta go. I... Yeah. It's, um... It has the energy of some of those, like, late aughts Bills-Browns games. Like... (laughs) And, like, if you know me, you know that I'm not... Like, I am not invoking Browns 8, Bills 0, or Browns 6, Bills 3 lightly. (laughs) That is the energy that the that and like both Rudolph and Goff had their stats to like make their lines look somewhat respectable by the end, but that's fake. Yeah, both these quarterbacks were oh, yeah. wretched. So this result and a whole bunch of other things have combined to make the AFC playoff picture a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. So Katie's Katie's beloved Titans, uh, they they handled business. Uh, against the Saints this week. Um, I don't know if handled business is the right word. <laughs> it's more that, like, they 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 had a series of open manhole covers and managed to walk over almost all of them. Uh, yeah, like, uh Yeah. The Titans continue to be kind of butt, but are a game and a half up in the AFC, and they're probably going to have a bye. <laughs> um, the Agency Titans... So the oh my god the number two seed Bills who are six and three and have the tiebreaker over Baltimore due to uh, win percentage in conference games um, the six and three Bills um, are the two seed and the five and five Broncos are the twelve seed in between them are the Ravens Chiefs Steelers Patriots Chargers Raiders Bengals and Colts and Browns. The Steelers moved up a spot yeah. for tying the Lions. If they had won, they would have become the two seed. And if they had <laughs> lost, if they had lost, I think they would be the nine seed. The ba- the Bengals were on top of the AFC like two weeks ago, and now they're out of the fucking playoffs entirely. Two weeks ago, it was Bengals one, Raiders two, and now they're both and and now it is Bengals nine, Raiders eight. Um, <laughs> yeah, this conference oh is a fucking mess, and I don't. I don't know when it's going to, like, sort itself out. So, we're going long here. Uh, why don't we talk about the games that we're looking forward to? Okay, uh, so I'll start out, because I always start out, and I never don't start out. Uh, so, 
College game of the week I'm looking forward to is actually a Pac-12 championship game preview. It's number four, Oregon versus number 24, Utah. This game is interesting to me uh, only because I feel like Oregon has the potential to lose this game. And I believe that would probably knock them out of the playoff picture. So that would be interesting. Uh, the pro game of the week I'm looking forward to is Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota's lost a lot of one-score games. Uh, and they have the potential to beat this Packers team. And that would be a very interesting uh, wrench in the NFC top seed race. So those are my games I'm looking forward to. Victoria, what about yours? Uh, for once, I have the group of five game. I've got SMU at number three Cincinnati. Uh, that's a that is a good game though. That's a three thirty kick on ESPN. SMU's pretty good. Cincinnati is uh, Cincinnati is capable of literally anything. So um, Cincinnati could very easily lose this game and uh, kneecap their chances. At I mean, obviously it would completely end their chances at making the playoff. But um, Cincinnati kind of like having to play SMU and Houston. Uh, Houston has clinched the other American conference title spot, right? Or am I completely full of shit there? Uh, I think that's right. I, well, since they would have, yeah, since they would have beaten SMU. Yeah. Or at the very least, they, um, they are probably going to be playing Houston in the conference title game. Um, SMU and Houston can both play. They can both really score. And obviously Cincinnati's defense is the thing there. Uh, their offense is not, you know, a, world beater but uh should be a fun game i think smu has you know has a pretty good uh shot to do it uh my pro game is cowboys at chiefs that's the 4 p.m fox kick i have to imagine that's going to be on pretty much everyone's tv um because <laughs> the cowboys and the chiefs are involved but uh we're gonna find out if the chiefs are actually back or not i think uh the, i think mahomes will probably have a pretty good game uh because the cowboys defense um outside of whatever uh, Trayvon Diggs blacks out. And granted, they did only just give up three points to the Falcons. But I don't think their defense is like that, you know, crazy. Um, I think this will be a fun shootout, pew-pew type of type of affair. We have made it to the conclusion of yet another tuck rule. Uh, this is episode 15. We've been going for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's been a successful run so far. Hell yeah. Um... If you like the show and you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, or I guess you could go on and review it even if you don't listen to it on Apple Podcasts, um, give us <laughs> give us, give us, us five stars. Uh, it's the only rating you can give us. Sadly, our page is glitched, um, so we currently still maintain our five-star rating. Uh, if you leave us a review and it's not gross, uh, we will read it aloud. We did not get any new ones this week, sadly. Um, but yeah, eh, you know, that's okay. Um the show account on Twitter is at TuckRollPod for uh, assorted nonsense. Um, I feel like I've been neglecting it lately just because I just because I forget that it exists sometimes. Um, yeah, and then sometimes I'll just like shit post like fucking monkeys or uh, how bad the Big Ten sucks. Uh, so you'll know it. when it's me and when it's Victoria. Yeah, you'll probably know very quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on Twitter as usual at DirtbagQueer. Uh, check my page, uh, this upcoming Saturday night around, uh, 2am if you want to see me posting <laughs> some rare Japanese <laughs> football film. Uh, give me the all 22, coward. Um, 
Give me the Japanese <laughs> college all 22. I need it. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, gosh. Katie, where can the people find you? I am I am at Kates of Heaven on Twitter. Um, I do a lot of shit posting during the week, and I do a lot of shit posting during the weekend. Uh, I, I put in my job at the shit posting factory, and I take it quite seriously. Mm hmm. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're uh, trying to unionize soon, so good luck with the ah. shitposting factory unionization effort. <laughs> Katie, why don't you get us out of here? Uh, Cody Hawkins eats bussy. <laughs>